to some of us anyway. This has been a confusing week. Uh, this last week we've seen inflation numbers, retail sales numbers, reports out, fears about COVID coming back, uncertainty about who's the next Fed chair going to be or if there's going to be a change. I know this is not confusing to Robert A. Dye. He's the chief economist for Comerica Bank. Dr. Dye joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Well, well, thank you, David. Glad to be back with you. So this is just routine stuff for you, right? <laughs> this is this is anything but routine. I mean, this is a really, really interesting time in, in U.S. economic history right now. And as you said, confusing because there's just so much going on. I, I, I would say the overarching message, though, is I, I think it's positive for the economy uh, at finishing this year and into next year. But just... Just the, all the, the unfinished business from COVID, the unfinished business at the Federal Reserve. We've got massive spending bills coming down. The, the House just passed a bill this morning. It's got to go to the Senate. So just lots and lots of stuff going on. You know, and, and the thing is, sometimes they'll shoot holes in things that obviously look good. Hey, let me give you an example. Retail sales were very strong. Uh, maybe half again what was expected, up 1.7%. Then we looked at individual retailers and Amazon, and I mean, uh, Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's and Dillard's and everybody had blowout numbers. And then I read a piece that says, oh yeah, that's because they're worried about inflation. They're hurrying up and buying now because on the one hand, they can yep. buy it. They're not, they, they don't have to worry about the supply chain and it's only going to be more expensive tomorrow. <laughs> What's your take on that? Well, yes, inflation is definitely an issue and, and we really haven't uh, been had to think about inflation in this country for a few decades now, but we've got the consumer price index up over 6% year over year, producer price index up over 8%. And, and these are some pretty significant numbers. And, and so uh, what we've got now is we have an economy that has, has to adjust now to the fact that nominal numbers are very different from inflation adjusted or real numbers. And we've got to get over this money illusion that always happens during periods of inflation where your nominal numbers are going up and up and up, but maybe your purchasing power is not. And so that's what we have to contend with right now. You know, one of the things that we've been told uh, all along by by the Fed is that all this this inflation is transitory, that you're coming out of a really unusual period, a lot of pent up demand, people have saved a lot of money, and they're going to rush out, but that's going to fizzle out. Then we kind of got a message for the last FOMC meeting that maybe it was a little stickier, maybe it was going to be around for a while, and yeah. then I look at. Gosh, I saw the new John Deere contract with the United Auto Workers. Man, that doesn't look transitory. That That's inflation. Well, yes, and this is a very complicated issue because you, you cannot use one word to describe this inflationary environment because some things are going to be sticky. And you said annual contracts like John Deere, their labor contract. If you have a, a, a lease on equipment, if you have a lease on a building, an apartment, that's sticky. Wages are, are negotiated usually a year at a time. So those are sticky. So some components are, are, are sticky and they're not going to come back. They're not transitory. Other components are. We saw timber prices, lumber prices, zooming, just astronomical gains in lumber uh, a year ago. And then now coming back down is that that supply chain has gotten cleared out for that. So commodity prices, not sticky very at all, but other facets of component uh, 
other facets of inflation right now, very sticky and definitely not transitory. You know, maybe that's the offset because it's interesting you bring up, you know, a commodity like that. And we see this in commodities all the time. They get very dear. The price goes way up. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody starts looking for oil or they start growing corn because that's, you know, the prices are going up. And here come the prices back down again. And so on the one hand, maybe you have some wage inflation. But on the other hand, you're paying a lot less for a, you know, a loaf of bread or a, a brand new television set. Yeah, I think there's going to be a real mixed bag here. My, my guess is that in the month-to-month surge in, in, in inflation that we've seen over the last, say, six to eight months, that starts to wane going into next year. But again, for some components and not all. So overall, the, the, the upward push of inflation gets less powerful Next year doesn't go away. We don't. I'm not anticipating a deflationary environment overall, but price declines, but less smaller price increases as we get through next year. We get the supply chains figured out. We we start to understand uh, really what's going on with all these commodity markets. So it's, it's going to take a while, and in the meantime, the Fed has to navigate through this because. Their mandate is price stability, maximize employment within the context of price stability. That's their so-called dual mandate. And they're doing a juggling act right now because they can't let prices get too far out of line because it's, it, it is so damaging to an economy. It creates so many distortions when you have persistent high inflation like this. Sure. You know, the, the, one, the one odd factor to me in this whole thing is, are the interest rates. And I don't know that we've ever seen in our history, certainly in my history, a sustained period of really low interest rates like this. And that is a very powerful force. Yes, it is. And as what the Fed is counting on, that's they've lowered the, the benchmark Fed funds rate to near zero and brought other short-term rates down. So money is very, very cheap right now. They want companies to go out there and, and borrow money and invest in new plants and equipment and things like that. And that's a, that's that's the normal uh, accelerator coming out of a recession right now. Uh, the, hopefully we're, we are coming out, right. and I think we will continue to come out right now. But it, again, this is very complicated because COVID is still a very real issue. My sense of it is is that even if we, and we're starting to see COVID cases come back up in some states, we're going to deal with this for a long, long time, maybe forever. But my sense is that the economic drag from COVID diminishes going forward. But that remains to be proved out. This is unknown territory. Well, and I, I but I mean, we do have a remarkable ability to adjust, even to something horrible like COVID. Yes. That is that is one of the key, I think, qualities of the U.S. economy right now is, is, is its ability to adapt and its resiliency. And we're seeing that everywhere. Just the fact that we we've exceeded pre-COVID GDP, we've, we've brought the unemployment rate down to 4.6 percent already. And we, so many businesses are, are, are just stumbling over themselves to fulfill massive demand. That, in a way, is a very good problem to have instead of soft demand. 
So, so let me. I got to ask you one last question. I'm I'm curious around the Dow Dow household if you've you've done what others seem to have done, and that is get the popcorn ready and and a comfortable chair and sit back and see who wins the race for the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee chair. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen quite so much interest in this before. Well, you know, when 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 the idea came up that uh, first came up several months ago that. Uh, you know, it was possible that the Biden administration was considering uh, replacing or not reappointing Jay Powell, but maybe going to someone else like Leo Brainerd. I, I discounted that because it would, unless the Fed chair really messes up, they usually get reappointed. But my suspicion right now is there's a lot of political politics behind this. And the longer that Leo Brainerd's name sort of hung out there now for several months, I, I think the more viable her candidacy gets. So, Biden has said earlier this week that he's going to make his announcement by the end of this week. So Friday, maybe tomorrow, maybe tonight after markets close or early tomorrow, we'll find out. I would not be surprised to see Lael Brainerd get, get appointed at this point. I guess it would be what they wouldn't want is some long, contentious fight in the Senate when you've got spending bills and other things to, to consider. Yeah, we've got so much uncertainty right now. We need to get the Fed leadership uncertainty behind us. And I, my, my guess is we, we will find out very soon. All right. Well, we always enjoy talking to you. always enjoy your insight. And I know we'll have it for at least a couple of more months. And then yep. uh, before you before you retire in January, congratulations on that. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Robert Dye. A, a wonderful career at Comerica Bank. Yeah, and, and, and it's not quite over. Like I say, we'll right. we'll talk again. Robert Dye is the <laughs> chief economist for Comerica Bank, and we always enjoy the conversations. Thank you, sir. For more right, of our conversation, you, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.